everybody, and welcome to Chits and Chat. I am Kaz Gable. I'm Alex Cruzy. And today we are off to what? Where it's going to be? France. And the dice. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't know. I don't know. I just realized I don't know. I have no idea. I think it is. But uh, we're heading to maybe France in the, (laughs) not Castles of Burgundy, but Castles of Burgundy, the dice game. This is the dice version of the main game, Castles of Burgundy. One of two versions of the main game. There's the dice game and the card game. Uh, This is the dice game, the, uh, uh, I was going to say plug and play, the (laughs) roll and write (laughs) of this game. You could try to plug it in your computer and play it. I don't know. Maybe it works. Um, This but designed by Stefan Feld, of course, and Christophe Toussaint, and uh, published by Ravensburger, I believe, is the one you're going to mostly run into. But Aaliyah, A-L-E-A, is also a publisher listed. I, I've never seen their version of it, but I'm assuming um, that might be I another think, I think Aaliyah is – I think it's a subsidiary of Ravensburger is what it is. Oh, okay. So you'll usually see Ravensburger Aaliyah. I, I oh, looked it up yeah, at one yeah, point yeah. in time, and I'm like, all right, I, they're linked in some fashion. Oh, or yeah, form. that's true. They always are. Now that you mentioned that, yeah, they always are like listed with each other. So, um, But, yes, this is a, a classic game. It came out in 2017. This is a quick one-to-five player game. It's a roll and ride, of course, uh, but well within the Castles of Burgundy universe, <laughs> I guess you could say, world, um, where you are developing – your territory as or your fiefdom i guess you should say starting with one castle and then growing it out and out and out as best you can and scoring points along the way and trying to become the king of burgundy or i don't know what you're trying to become <laughs> just get a lot of points but it is a really fun little game it's going to be it's kind of interesting i have a couple thoughts on this one i'm excited to get to but first let's talk about exactly how you play this one and then we can get deeper into it okay to play the game all right so uh the game comes with a little score pad, I guess. It's, it's, it's not so much a score pad as it is. It's just your actual game pad. Um, it, in the actual pad, there's actually different things. Uh, you're all supposed to play on the same map, essentially. Uh, the, I believe the pad goes through A, B, C, and D maps. Uh, most of the time you're probably going to be playing on A unless you search for all the other ones. Or, as as I have, you've made uh, dry erase versions of them all, so you don't have to worry about having sheets for that. Uh, <clears throat> uh, each person, I believe it's similar to the, the original game. I, I haven't played the original game in years. Uh, you are going to pick one of the green castle spaces to start on. Actually, I don't think you do. Maybe you do. I'm, I'm going to stop trying to relate it to that because I haven't played it in so long. You're going to pick one of the four areas that you can build a castle on to start on. Um, they're usually centered around kind of uh, like four quadrants of the large hexagonal map uh, that you are building on. Uh, each one gives you a special starting power similar to uh, all the other castles of birdie games you can have um uh, God, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember what they're actually called monks workers uh shipping goods and silver uh yeah. each of them does gives you a special bonus throughout the game which i will get to but essentially what's going to happen is uh on on a turn uh someone will roll the dice it doesn't matter who rolls the dice you can trade off if you want to uh we usually just pick one person to roll the dice and roll them uh there are essentially five dice in this game uh there is one time dice 
two dice that have numbers one through six on them, the standard D6s, uh, and then two other dice that just have colors on all the different faces, uh, one color for each of the different colors in the game. That's purple, yellow, gray, blue, orange, and green. Um, these all get rolled at once, uh, and then players have to decide how they want to use them. Uh, but before they do, that time tracker die, uh, basically it will keep track of how fast you will be moving through this game. Uh, on the time tracker die, tracker die there are basically two different types of faces either a one uh, hourglass figure or a two hourglass figure that's colored blue and it's colored blue for a reason uh, so that means you either go through one or two units of time every single turn uh, each uh, round in this game will last three rounds is and i have not counted in a while i think it's a ten ten hourglasses so ten hours per round uh, once it gets to the end of a round, that ends the round, and people do a little round scoring. But uh, that will get to all of that later. Uh, with those numbers and colors, what you're going to do, each person will choose how they want to use these. You're going to pair up a color with a number. Uh, and in this, usually some of them you can pair up however you want to, but there are a few colors that are specific. So if you want to pair up something with purple, uh, you have to pair it up with a one or a two to be able to place it somewhere. If you want to use the silver, you have to pair it up with a three or four. A blue is a five or six. Uh, if you want to pair anything up with orange, you can pair anything up with orange. That's your choice. Uh, but how you place it uh, is dependent on what else you've placed in certain orange regions. Uh, when you when you choose any of those previous ones I mentioned, uh, just to make it a little bit more clear, so let's say you choose a purple two, uh, you can fill in a two region that is adjacent, a purple region that is adjacent to where you've already built, anywhere you've already built. In the beginning of the game, you only have one hexagon, so you may not have a purple region that is adjacent to you, uh, but if you, if you do and you have a two, uh, you can put it in there. You can fill it in with that number, the number two in that case. Uh, if you are adjacent to an orange region, you can fill it in with whatever number you wish. But any future numbers that you fill into that specific orange region need to be a different number. You can have a duplicate number in that region. Uh, there are some large, there, I think there's a four orange region. There are some that are just one size regions. So it just doesn't matter. Whatever you want to put there, you can put there. Uh, and also, there are, uh, let's see, the, the yellow regions, uh, which when you fill them in, they need to all be the same number. It doesn't matter what number you start it with, but any future numbers need to be the same. Uh, those don't tend to be too large. I think they're either size 1 or size 2. But again, the maps occasionally will change, and I can't really remember. I've played all of them, but I, I don't remember how exactly they, they flushed out. Hmm. Uh, and then the castle regions, which are always one size large. You've already started one of those. Uh, the rule for those is you need to fill it in. You can pair any number you want, but it has to be a number that is already adjacent to the one that you want to fill in. So for example, uh, if you wanted to fill in a, a green region, let's say you have the numbers six, five, and two already adjacent to it. If you have a green, the only green that you can fill in is a green with a six, five, or two. Uh, if you didn't get one of those numbers, you either have to get change it to one of those numbers, or you have to wait until a future roll, or add more numbers, different numbers to adjacent to it so that in future rolls when a green comes up, you have the number most likely. Uh, what what do you get when you fill one of these? Once you complete a region completely, uh, you get a special little bonus uh, similar to the previous games. Purple, the monks, they allow you to um, 
change the color of the die that if you want to. Uh, the silvers allow you to get a bonus action at the end of your turn, uh, which is basically, ooh, now I can take uh, another, I've already taken one pair of dice, now I can take another pair of dice. If you do take another pair of dice, it has to be a different pair. You can use one of the same die if you want to, but you can't use the same exact two dice that you used. Uh, the blue ones give you a good, which you can sell those goods. Once you have the goods, uh, you can sell them. Uh, you can't sell them unless that time tracker die comes up on that blue side. So the ones where there's two things. So every time it shows up, someone will call out, Hey, you can sell a good if you have it. If you sell a good, you get three points and you get a silver. So you get an extra silver, which again, you can use for bonus, bonus actions. Uh, the orange is a worker, which allows you to change the value of the die uh, so you, if you if you didn't get the two that you needed to match up with that purple that showed up you can just change it to a number two if you need to uh, the castles each have their own unique bonuses one for each of the four types of things uh, so whatever you start with you get a bonus in let's say you for example you decided to fill in the silver uh, castle area then you'd start with a silver. Uh, all the other ones then you need to fill in later. Uh, and then the yellow don't give you a bonus. They just give you additional points. Uh, because once you fill in a region, you also get points based on what round it is. And the further it goes in the game, the less points they are worth. In the beginning of the game, uh, depending on the size of the region you filled, if it's a one-size region, it's one point. If it's a two-size region, it's four points. If it's a three-size region, it's eight points. And if it's a four-size region, it is 13 points. Uh, and for the yellow regions, you double what that point value was so if you happen to finish a uh, four size yellow region which they, again they don't exist they're all they're all twos you'd get to double <laughs> double that 13 or double usually it's a double four so you get eight points each time you're kind of tracking how many points you're scoring per round and you're just gonna try and fill in regions as fast as you can as best as you can uh, so that you get as a, a lot of points uh, and then once the round ends people total up their points and they just fill it in a little below and you start the next round uh, and in the next nothing really changes other than now the points are worth a little bit less now it's one three six and ten points for a one two three or four uh, region and then in the last round it's one two four and seven points uh, also the other thing that you can do during the game is if you've completed every single region of that color that is on the map uh, you score the uh, region bonus uh, for each if you're the first one to do it you score more points than if you're the second person and i'm not sure if the third person i always play this as a two-person game so i have no idea if the third person can score anything uh so for example if you're the first person to finish all your purple regions you score four the other person scores two uh gray is three and one and and so on and so forth the one that scores you the most usually is orange because there tend to be more regions and more things to fill in because those are the ones that you kind of have to chain a bunch of different numbers uh that one's actually six points and three points uh, for for the first and second person, uh, after after you get done with all of that, you total up all of your points, and whoever has the most points wins the game. It is totally possible that I left something out, but I don't think I did. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot going on with this little game. It's very. If you've ever played Castles of Burgundy, the original game, um, it is a lot of like complexity of interconnectivity. As you would expect from Steffenfeld and a Euro inspired or Euro style game, um, it does it really well. But there's a lot going on, and of course, this roll and write version of it, <clears throat> although stripped down, tries to mimic a lot of that. Um, so let's start with you, so, since you've had a lot more experience with this one than I do. What are your thoughts about this game? We both like like the original game, 
And um, yeah, so I'm curious what your thoughts are, are this are about this game. If it compares to the other game, if you even try to compare it to the other game, or I mean, what? it it definitely has that Castles of Burgundy feel, the vibe. Um, like I I actually had the card game originally, which is very much the same feel as the original uh, board game, except for it's it's. The card game version, I, I think, is it doesn't. There's no trade-off with it. It's it takes up just as much table space as the original card uh, version, <laughs> and it's just it's it's about as complicated as the original. So there's there's really no reason to have the card game version unless you don't have the board game version, which I don't have the board game version, so I have the card <laughs> game version. Uh, then I saw the the dice version, which is much much smaller in space. Uh, I I like it. It. It does scratch that Castles of Burgundy itch. It's not perfect one-to-one, but I think for a dice game, I don't think anyone's ever expecting it to be a perfect one-to-one. And in this, I I think it works really well. You kind of have a a competitive feel. You're kind of always looking over at what your opponent is doing. Like, ooh, gosh, you know, they are working really hard on that purple, and then they're going to get that purple bonus. And, you know, I I don't have any purples done, and I could really use a color change. Or how can I get these bonuses to work for me? Because I did not mention this, but if, for using silvers to get those bonus actions, uh, you can only ever take one special action. So if the special action you're taking is silver, uh, using a silver to get an extra thing, you can't use, say, a monk or a worker to change to get what you need for your bonus action. Or if you've used a bonus action, you can't use a silver to take extra dice. So you kind of have to be like, ah, what are the odds that I'm going to get the yellow that I need to pop up? And the game's kind of running close to the end, and I'd love to fill in to get this extra bonus. You're always trying to look at how you can maximize the the speed at which you fill these regions, because the sooner you do it, the more points you make. And it's it's got a nice kind of clip to it, and it's it's kind of pushing you along, and you're doing your best to kind of do things as fast as you can to score whatever things you want um so i i really like it it's nice uh for the longest time i was just using the the paper pads and so we were pretty much playing on the same maps every time because i didn't want to have to like dig through a gigantic pad or you know crack the pad into to, into sections uh, which i'm not i'm surprised they didn't actually just do that but um <laughs> yeah i i i like the other maps it kind of changes things up a bit even though i would i think i would have been perfectly fine playing the same map over and over again uh it's it's a really nice game it has a lovely feel to it a nice a nice weight and it is quite portable but uh having the extra maps is is really nice. It just, it does change things up. You can, I mean, it may fit, in the beginning it might feel a little bit samey, but as those dice roll out, you're just like, oh god, oh, what am I gonna do now? I've had games where I've been just completely zonked, and it's just like I, I've started in a castle where there's like only three colors, and that color just is not showing up, and right, my opponent right. is just like filling things away, and I'm like, oh my god. Uh, but I, you know, it's been the other way around where I just get just the right dice rolls and I'm, I'm cleaning up or, and, and there have been games where I'm like, I think I'm cleaning up and I still lose by like a point. And it's just like, what, what were you doing that I wasn't doing? <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, it's a really, it's, it's super fun. And there's a lot of, you know, watching the other person. It seems like a very solo game, but it isn't. You really have to watch the other player. Uh, I know how, how many times have you played this? Only a few. So I, I've, I'm very limited on my playthroughs. And um, 
So uh, yeah, I'd like I definitely want to play more. I do enjoy it because I really love Castles in Burgundy, and I do like the attempt to shrink it like to this level. It's almost it's really astounding actually that they, that they were able to capture the feel of it and still have uh, a in a roll and write like at all. It's it's pretty impressive, and I do like it. The one thing I will say is kind of what you mentioned last that that kind of got on my nerves a little bit, and it's not a deal breaker by any means, but it is more swingy than I think some roll and writes can be. And um, I, I think I found a, a, a way to house rule that, and this might not be for everybody, but if you feel that way, I think there's a way around it. But yeah, just having some of those rolls where you're like, ah, I don't have those colors. And a lot of it is, of course, you know, the, the strategy of the game is to diver- diversify as much as you can, to be able to be touching areas where you can fill in things uh, as much as you can, or maybe focusing on like monasteries to get monks to change the color of of things or um, using uh, workers. I think monks are more useful than workers in my experience, at least, but you have some ways to offset that in your strategy. So I think that's a way, one way around it. But, but basically I really enjoy it, but I found, found it a little more swingy in that sense where there are rounds or games where you're like, Oh, I just can't get anything going. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I did not, I didn't mention this, but they, they do say in the rules and I occasionally will forget it. If you can't do anything, you do get a bonus worker. So there, there is yes, that yeah. in there. So if, if you, you can't, like completely get stuck but you can have turns where nothing happens but you get a worker which is kind of kind of stinks but you know at least it's better than nothing yeah yeah and it is helpful i'm it it is um it is frustrating though like i had this happen the last game we played where uh i couldn't do anything for like two or three rounds and i and i kept getting workers but i I can see you can see like the time clicking down you know they're uh, getting a worker is great, but there is uh, kind of an incentive to try to get something done each turn because this isn't a long game. You don't have that many rounds to play it. And with the restriction of only being able to, to use one of your bonuses on the left, I felt at times it would it felt restrictive. Uh, so here's what I would suggest, too. If you, if that's how you feel about this game or maybe something that might off-put you, well, we, we played it another way, too, where you can use – as many upgrades as you want in a turn and th- play it that way. And it didn't at all break the game and it did make it more freewheeling. I don't know if it exactly captures the spirit of Castles of Burgundy, but it made it got rid of some of those frustrations that, that I had. And in my mind, I feel like that balances out because if you do use like a lot of your bonuses, you're just not going to have them for another turn when maybe you could use them again or you need them. So I, I kind of wonder why they have that rule of only one per turn for such a short game. Because at the end of the game, and tell me if this has happened to you guys as well, um, because at the end of the game, we typically had like tons of leftover stuff that we never used, uh, like for whatever reason. Like it just wasn't popping off here or there. Like we had Silverling or two, um, some workers, maybe a monk even. Um, usually you get your goods sold. I don't think we've ever had any goods left over, but... Uh, but yeah, I just kind of felt like, oh, I wish I could have used all that. <laughs> but sometimes the opportunity didn't present itself. When you guys I, played, did you have stuff left over? Occasionally would. I think it all depends on how things shake out. Because it one, right. it depends on how fast the game goes. You could have a game where you just keep rolling that, that blue die over and over again. It's just like, this game is going quick. You don't have time to do anything. Yeah. But, I mean, you both are going quick. So you both don't have time right. to do anything. Or you could have a game where it's you never see that blue die and you're sitting there going, I'm never going to sell this good and this round is going to yeah. last forever. So like it <laughs> it, get this it really depends on one the speed of the game and two it depends on 
if you're getting the colors that you need to match out, like if you're getting everything you want out of the dice every time, then you're probably not going to be using a lot of those bonuses where right. where if 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 you're not getting stuff that you need, then those bonuses come into play a lot more. And so you tend to be a bit more picky about, gosh, I only have one worker left. Do I do I really want to waste it on this thing or do I just want to use the dice as they are? But if I use it on this thing, I get this huge bonus. Like you're kind of making tough decisions there. And that I think that's where the game really shines is when you're just like, ooh, do I want to use the bonus or do I not want to use the yeah. bonus? Because I can deal with it either way, but should I be saving this bonus for something special? Do I, do I yeah. really need to do this now or can I hope for a better role in the next one what I'm getting and then I don't have to use a bonus or, you know, the round might not end. I think I've got a few more before the round ends, so I, I can probably save it. Or, no, this this round is coming to a close real quick. I'm going to do this and try to get that those points in before the, the round ends and hope on that last roll. Then I get that orange and my, my opponent doesn't get what they want and since they don't have any bonuses they can't do what i want and so i i've kind of snaked those extra points before they could get the the round ended so i know i i like the fact that it limits that i think i know there have been definitely times where uh my wife has forgotten that rule and so i've just been like and it's not too often it's like probably once per game she'll be like oh i'll do this and i'll do that and i'm like how did you do that <laughs> right. thing and I'm, she's like oh i use this worker here and i use this monk over here and i'm just like no you can't use two and one. That's not. That's not allowed. So <laughs> she's like, "Oh yeah." There's usually the one thing in a game where my, my wife really wants to do something, but she always forgets how it works. Uh, right. Exactly. Right. And so I'm just. She's she, that. I think that, if anything, is the thing that irks her most. Is she's just like, "God, I can't believe." I, like she's just angry at herself for forgetting exactly how it works. I think that's the only thing she doesn't like about this game. My wife really enjoys this game. This this one tends to come out a lot, um, mm-hmm. and it's 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 I don't know. It works in most situations. It doesn't take up a lot of space, so it's really nice. Uh, and we both yeah. we both like the original board game, but we haven't played it in a while. I know. I think you've played the original board game more than I. I think I've only played the original like twice. But it's I, I yeah it I might do be one of my it might be one of my favorite Feld games, and I don't own it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got the card game, basically the same thing. Yeah, I do have the original board game, but I don't have the card game. So I've never played the card game, but I'd like to I'd like to try that. Um, yeah, and it definitely feels like a, a Feld game for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I do like it. Despite my complaints, I think it's a fun game. It's very unique in in a roll and write structure to have. Like I've not played anything exactly like this, uh, where you have those. I don't know. You you have Castles of Burgundy as a roll and write. I mean, it really does a good job of capturing the core elements of the game and making you feel like you know you are building out your fiefdom or your uh, your estate. I guess is what it might be in the game and choosing. Um, how to how to do that it is interesting how they chose to pick up the bonuses and how they uh, affect it like the workers in the main game are such an integral part and they remain so in this game so it's kind of cool the way that works where you finish an area and then you get the bonus for whatever the area color is and uh, but you can also pick up workers um, for just you know us getting skunked on a turn or something like that um so overall, yeah, I, I really like it. it it's, it's good. I, I would say, though, that if you are someone who doesn't – who feels that restriction as a negative, then then uh, just don't use it. And, and it plays just fine either way. So you can kind of treat this as a much lighter free-for-all game or a much more strategic roll-and-write game that's closer to the original, uh, which is nice. I like that. I like having those options. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, table space and what it's going to be like if you guys decide to take it out. 
Um, actually, no, before we do that, let's talk a little bit about art style. <laughs> so one thing they didn't change with this game, which is kind of funny to me, is Castles of Burgundy is notorious for its muted color theme. It It seems like it should be more vibrant than it is they use a lot of colors but it's like when they use the colors they turn the opacity or the whatever slider down where it there's almost like a a coating of an opaque uh haze over everything and it's just very muted um and everything is readable on this board but i wish they would have made it a little bit more vibrant or some differentiation between I don't know what it is. If it's just the background or if it's the overall color, um, using the pencils, it's sometimes hard to see things. And and in certain light, if there is a shine off the paper, it's it's really hard to see, at least for me. And it could just be the lighting I'm playing this under, which is um, an overhead kitchen light. Um, but it, it's not bad by any means. And, and some people don't aren't affected at all. But I will say that this, this is a very muted, <laughs> muted board again. So keeping with the theme of Castles and Burgundy... But it is very clear the symbology or the iconography here is very actually quite well done. I was really impressed by that because Castles Burgundy is itself a complicated game with a lot of iconography that you have to understand and have honestly with that game having the rules reference for what certain tiles mean is a necessity unless you play it all the time. But this I, I never had to check the rules after the first run through and I understood clearly what everything does. So I, kudos to them for actually making it very very clear and. Uh, um, just simple to interact with. Uh, okay, so let's, that said, uh, let's get to taking it to the table. And um, yeah, so as a, a typical a roll and write, you are going to have a pad uh, or a sheet of paper that you've torn off the pad in front of you. Or if you're like Alex, you're going to make your own potentially. But uh, you're just going to have that in front of you. Whatever writing ut- utensil you think best suits your mood. And they include some uh, golf pencils in this one, and that's uh, <laughs> which always makes me laugh when they do that. It seems like such an outdated thing to do for games at this point, but it is it is nice to have them. I like using a pen for these boards and sheets. I think that you can just see it better, but you know whatever you want to use. In the middle of the board, you are going to be rolling the dice. Um, I do what Alex does, and that's just uh, when he plays, it's kind of a sign uh, roller, and that they just roll every time. It doesn't really matter. Unless I'm playing with my son, then he is either the roller or we take turns. You know, just whoever wants to roll. Most people are just like, yeah, whatever, just roll. So that is pretty much it. You're only going to have those two things in front of you, and uh, that's all. So throughout the course of the game, you're just going to be rolling those dice in the middle of the table and then marking up your sheet as the game progresses. When you're done with the game, the scoring is nicely on that same page of the paper that you were playing on. So no flipping it over, no back and forth, back and forth, trying to check numbers and write them down, which is so nice, so nice to have in that sense. Um, and, uh, yeah, so clearly taking this out is really, really easy. The sheets of course are just sheets of paper. So, you know, there's a potential for getting some spills on them or some, uh, I don't know, a little food spill or something, but they're disposable. So who cares? <laughs> they are meant to be thrown away after a couple uses. They're double-sided, which is also really nice that they did that. Um, so you can get two uses out of them, but you know, then they're, they're done. So no need to keep them unless you get an amazing game and you can frame it and brag to your friends. Um, but yeah, so really high marks. Honestly, there's there's really nothing you can say negatively about taking this out. This is uh, a small game in a uh, or a small sheet in a small box. So toting it around is really easy. Playing it out and about is really easy. Uh, it does have a cool look. I have to say, despite my complaints about the muted colors, 
the boards look really interesting just from first glance and they and they are they're well done so this is another game that i think people are going to be like oh what are you what are you playing over there like what the heck are you doing because it, it looks so much more complicated than it is uh at first blush um and so i think it, it definitely draws the eye all right um let's talk about who this is for and who this isn't for i think we touched on a, a little bit of this but mainly of course if you're not a roll and write fan in general this might not be obviously the game for you however the caveat to that is it does do a really good job of capturing the epitome of castles of burgundy and so if you are a gamer who likes more complex games this could be your access point to roll and rights because yeah. it it is a really it feels like a bigger game than it is it really uh, or maybe does. it is a bigger game than i think it is <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I can't I can't figure out which one it is, but it definitely is meatier than most roll and writes. The only one I can think of that's kind of like it in depth is like Welcome to has has a lot of like depth and strategy to it. Um, I was gonna I similar. was gonna compare it to uh Gonshin's Clever or That's Pretty Clever in meatiness, I think. Yeah, I yeah. I think I think it's similar. Gonshon is more freewheeling. Yeah, it's at least yeah, it's definitely more freewheeling and you're and you're kind of spitting off a lot of things. Things are spinning and going crazy as you try and do them. But I yeah. feel like the decisions of should I do this now or should I do that now has has a very like heavy weighty decisions on it of like I could do this, but if I do that, yeah. I get this bonus now. Do I want this bonus right. now or do I want to wait till later? Ooh. And and the, I, those yeah. same decisions are there. So that's kind of it's I, I wouldn't say it's quite as of a thinker as Ganshan's, but uh I, yeah. I it's it's close to it for me yeah yeah i i'd agree with that there's that that f- immediate and future rewards you have to consider for sure for this and um uh yeah i, I think that's a good comparison um but uh yeah i think this is a good access point if you are someone who who is as kind of i don't know lukewarm on on roll and rights because you like deeper games and just don't feel that they have enough depth for you this this is this has depth for sure and like i said before you can choose to play it as intended but you can also choose to play it more freewheeling if you house rule it like i mentioned before of just you know if you got bonuses use them use them as much as you can if if you have them um i i actually kind of liked playing that way a lot i'm not sure if i'll continue to primarily play the way or not but we tried it just the last game and and it was um i don't know it it opened it up for me uh, for me but like i said i haven't played this game a ton i look forward to playing it more to kind of experiment with that but uh yeah okay so that's that's who it is not for who it is it is not for i guess the only other thing i can think of is is i can't really think of anything else i was just going to say someone who you know isn't into like dice games but that's a pretty broad (laughs) generic negative (laughs) um who this is for, I think, is, of course, if you like Castles of Burgundy and like the some of the core elements of that game, um, I think you should definitely pick this up. This is a great filler when you can't get that game to the table or the card game to the table. This is a nice, fun capturing of the vibe of this game. Yeah. Um, or if you're just someone who really likes rolling rights and, and quick games and kind of gets a kick out of different styles, this is very unique, and, and it has its own space i think for sure on the shelf uh against any other any other roll and write there are others like we just mentioned too that are similar in like some depth and structure but this is definitely you know it's its own thing which is really cool um yeah so i i can't think really any strong negatives or positives that would turn people on or off to this game outside of that can you think of anything else i can which brings me really to uh would my mom like this game 
Oh, okay. All right, <laughs> let's get right into that. Uh, I would say no. <laughs> I think yes. this is a little too convoluted for your mom. I feel like she would just – she just wouldn't be into it. I feel like there's just too much – there's too much going on that's interconnected. Um, yeah. There, there is right, a so lot what, going on in this game. I definitely agree. I, and it's part of the reason why I probably haven't played it with more than two players. I think there was one time where we're like, oh, you know, we've got two other people and I, and I brought it. Let's let's play this game. And uh, at like halfway through teaching it, like people are like, oh yeah, it's a rolling right. That'll play quick. Learning it the first time, it does not play quick because if you are not like utterly used to say uh, castles of burgundy or you know all the ins and outs you're you're gonna fall behind if if you've played it before it plays pretty quick but your first game is going to be kind of sluggish and like we we had to scrap it because it's just like no we don't have time for that you know just just whatever the sheets we'll just recycle those whatever or use the other side for for other things and so it was it just it doesn't come out as often because of that it's 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 capped at what four players i think although te- mm-hmm. i mean technically you could play it less but i feel like with the bonuses and things like that you probably don't want to go much past four uh for this game yeah. so it's just like it 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 doesn't there are definitely roll and rights that can suit a lot of people and people can just kind of just sink right into it right from the get go this is not one of those games and if you're looking for one of those games do not. There are plenty of other rolling rights where you can just get as many people as you want, or a good number of people, and you just have to, you know, explain like five or six things, and everybody's ready to go. This is a game where you have to explain like five or six things, and each of those five or six things has two or three things to add on to it, uh, and they only happen in certain situations, type of a thing. And so it's just like, eh. and that's part of the reason why my mom would not like it, is because there's just too many things if it would if it was really simple like just match the number with the color and there are no bonuses and let's see how you do she might actually like this but because of right. all the bonuses and trying to score things really quickly like it's just not it's not for her and so if if that's something you're not looking for i don't don't bother with this game but personally bother with this game it's so good yeah <laughs> <laughs> It is good. I, I really I, – I can recommend it as well um, unabashedly. Um, I, I mentioned my, my potential hangs-up with this game, but I feel like – what what's nice about any roll and write – and this one specifically, more like compared to Ganshon Cleva, uh, you can't – I don't know how you would ever house rule something that frustrated you about that game. <laughs> it's just so interconnected. This is also interconnected, but there is some looseness in the way things are done where you, you could make this game more customized – based on your play style should you choose to if you wanted to um but uh by itself just straight up as the rules state it's still a good game and and um yeah i I really like this game too i think it's it's well done for sure um all right that is castles of burgundy the dice game uh we've done it i'm trying to think if i'm forgetting anything i feel like i am i don't have a catchphrase i know i'm forgetting that (laughs) So, oh, uh, I also want to mention that next next week we will not be doing another Ravensburger Aaliyah game. <laughs> we will not oh, continue yes. on with the small game set oh. of the Ravensburger Aaliyah because oh, last I totally week we didn't did, even notice we did Brune service uh, the card game. Uh, so oh, right. we will not be we will not be doing the Las Vegas dice game or whatever the heck it is. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. 
<laughs> or maybe we will. I don't know. Let's never say never. Maybe we'll get desperate and have to revert to uh, <laughs> the Ravensburger shelf. Um, I I don't really even have an excuse today, except uh, just uh, here's just something weird that happened. I came home today and. There was ash falling from the sky. That's what's going on in Denver right now. It's The fires are not as smoky, but there's still ash coming down from the sky. Is that an excuse? I don't know. You decide. <laughs> <laughs> ah, maybe that's what I'll do. I'll turn it into a choose-your-own-adventure. Choose-your-own-valid-excuse uh, game for these. <laughs> oh, the sky's the limit. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, definitely check this one out. This is a this is a good one. I I mentioned my kind of slight hang ups over over this game, but they are by no means a deal breaker. This is a really good game, and I think uh, it's a good welcome addition to your collection. It's great that that it's a totable size. It's great that they didn't go crazy with <laughs> with, with uh, like they did with the card game, just basically remaking the game in yeah. cards. Uh, in size, like the, it, it's kind of nice to have cards. You know, some people like cards versus the base game, but this is separate. This is a very shrunken down uh, version of that game in in many ways, but still holding its its core elements and uh, some fun play ability or fun playthroughs. So definitely check this out. It's a really good one, uh, and we would love for you guys to check us out in a couple ways. You can let us know how we're doing by getting hold of us on Twitter and Instagram at Chits and Chat. You can also go to our podcast hosting page Eavesdrop com and scroll down to the chits and chat page and fill out our comment form there uh, we'd love to hear from you uh, i hope most of you are not also having ash fall from your skies <laughs> we're waiting for that rain to wipe it out here uh, but most likely it uh oh, just denver's too sunny gosh darn it but i'm assuming that's not a problem you most of you have so we hope you guys are getting some gameplays in thank you so much for listening and we will catch you all on the next episode bye <laughs>